Welcome to The Well Q&A podcast. The Well is the student ministry of Key Life Fellowship, which exists to equip students for lifelong service of Jesus Christ. Each week through a QR code given to them at youth, students of The Well anonymously send in various questions they have regarding the lesson or even about various biblical topics. We pray that we may also be a blessing to your Christian walk as together we find all the answers that we need in the Word of God. Well, we have somewhat of a follow-up question uh, from the last question that was posted uh, sometime last week about is this being the end? Obviously, with some thoughts of uh, going through your brain, is this the end of times? Is this the end of days? Are we close? Are we near? And if you don't know the answer to that question, go listen to last week's podcast about is this the end? And now, this person sent in a question asking what happens when Jesus returns? Well, obviously, you've put two and two together and realized that um, when Jesus returns, that will culminate the end times. That's the end of the end. Uh, and then to institute the new heavens and the new earth from then on. But there's a lot of things that surround that. Here's what we can't do, though. We, we're, it's impossible for us to do a complete end times dive in this short segment we have today. We just can't do that. Uh, if you want to know a little bit more in-depth study, we have uh, in our Men's Bible Study podcast, you can go look at that, a whole year's worth or more of lessons through the whole book of the Revelation. Uh, there are also some other resources around um, just uh, fly-by over, overview pretty much of the end times. But for today, we're just going to talk about the return of Christ. Uh, the return of Christ, you, you see it most vividly in Revelation chapter 19. And, and I'll read that for you so, so God forbid you actually have to open your Bible and read it. Uh, joking there, air quotes again. But we'll read that to you, and it'll be definitely the most in-depth place in all of Scripture where we see Christ's return uh, outlined for us. So Revelation 19, verse 11, here's what happens when Jesus returns. John is writing, he says, I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. No, and then here the jokes are. You're going to ask what the name is, but nobody knows it, right? Then he says he's dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. This gives us a huge clue who this is. John, the same writer of the Revelation, writes in John chapter 1, verse 1, in his gospel, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In verse 14 of chapter 1, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. This word, this is Jesus Christ. This is his return. And in verse 14 of, the, of Revelation 19, the armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean, symbolically showing that those who are riding with Jesus are his own saints, his blood-bought people uh, who have been raptured out of the earth, who have even uh, died and, and gone to be with the Lord before the seven-year tribulation, where we see uh, there as well in Revelation. Here we are at the end of times. Jesus returning. Verse 15, coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty, and on his robe and on his thigh he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now we st stop there. 
It says that there's a, a sword coming out of his mouth, a sharp sword, which we know that, that is definitely symbolic of, of, of the word of God coming out of Christ's mouth. We know that Hebrews 4.12, I said the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. And so what we have Jesus, the word of God, doing, speaking the exact word of God to what it says to strike down the nations and rule them. And then it says he treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God, meaning he is just pouring out all of God's wrath on all of the sinful and rebellious earth because he is the king of kings and lord of lords, just as this name says on his thigh. And then John writes, I saw an angel standing in the sun who cried in a loud voice to all the birds flying in midair, Come, gather together for the great supper of God so that you may eat the flesh of kings, generals, and the mighty of horses and their riders and the flesh of all people, free and slave, great and small. Then I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to wage war against the rider on the horse and his army. But the beast, the Antichrist, was captured and with it the false prophet who had performed the signs on its behalf. With these signs, he had deluded those who had received the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. The two of them were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. The rest were killed with the sword coming out of the mouth of the rider on the horse, and all the birds gorged themselves on their flesh. Here we have the triumphant return of Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, to destroy all wickedness with the word of his mouth. The same word of his mouth that created all things, here he is pouring out the full fury of the wrath of God in his return. And he's doing it in a victorious way. Here's what we can know as Christians. We win because Christ wins. No reason for us to be sad or depressed or down because, hey, we win because Christ won and Christ will win. And then, then when, he, when he comes here and he destroys the Antichrist and the false prophet, then we get to Revelation chapter 20 and he takes... Satan himself, and he, he binds him for, for a thousand years. I believe that to be actual, literal thousand years. And when he returns to this earth, he sets up what's known as his millennial kingdom. Millennium is a thousand years, and so he rules and reigns literally on this earth in uh, Jerusalem there as the king to fulfill so many Old Testament scriptures, uh, so many Old Testament covenants. Again, can't get into all of that today, but here he is. He sets up a kingdom for a thousand years in Jerusalem where he will rule and reign with his people for that literal thousand years. At the end of that thousand years, I believe Scripture teaches that uh, Satan will be loosed from his chains that are, that are there and he will go out to deceive the nations one more time and gather for a great battle again, which Christ will be victorious and it will be like nothing. And then Christ will completely recreate heaven and earth we see the picture in Revelation 21 of heaven coming down to be here on, on the newly created heavens and earth where Christ lives with us in perfection forever with no more sin, no more death, no more anything. And that's where we get that picture there in the end of the book that we quote so many times. No more sorrow, no more pain, no more death, none of that. And so when Christ comes, he's going to come in victory. He's going to come violently even. Uh, if I could find another V, we'd almost have a sermon, victoriously and violently. Uh, maybe I'll give, give me a little extra time, and, and, and I'll try to get something for you. But uh, th that's how he returns. And it says that we come with him in his victory. It doesn't even see that, say that we do any of the fighting. It's like we're just riding with him. Uh, what, a, what, what a great hope this is, uh, that, that Christ just comes back and just sets the record straight 
as, as the King of kings and as the Lord of lords, as he truly is. We know that somewhere at that time, as Philippians 2 says, that every knee will bow, every tongue confess Jesus Christ as Lord. Now, is he your Lord now? I, I heard a wise man uh, tell me several years back that, uh, and, and he was talking about this same concept. He said, you either bow, to, bow the knee to Christ in this life and live forever, or you bow the knee to Christ in the life to come and spend eternity in hell. Either way, you are going to bow the knee to the King of kings and Lord of lords. And I'm telling you this, I'm on his side. Are you on his side? When he returns, man, I look forward to that day because I will be there with him, seeing him destroy every last enemy of him and also of all of believers. So look to Christ, not just as the loving, gracious God that he is. Look to Christ as the warrior king, where we see in his return, not just a warrior who faces defeat, but a warrior who wins. Look to Jesus, uh, long for his return. The apostle Paul writes, writes this uh, to young Timothy. He says, there is a crown of righteousness in store for me, and not only for me, but to all of those who have longed for Christ's appearing. Uh, I long for that day. I pray you do as well. It's going to be a great, uh, awesome, amazing. We don't have any words to describe the kind of day that that's going to be. Uh, but I pray that it comes quickly, and I pray that you pray that it comes quickly as well. But until then, if Christ does not come back, we'll see you Sunday, 9 and 11. We'll see you at youth, 530 as well. Y'all have a good one.